0: Hello and welcome to The Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I am your host and I am very happy to be joined once again by my partner in crime, the Don Draper of ultra running, or perhaps I should say the Don King of ultra running, the Fulham Flyer, the Shawan Express, the Jake Jackson to my Jake Lamata, Phil Vondra. Welcome back to The Pain Cave.
1: Thank you, Jay. It is good to be back in the cave.
0: It's great to have you back and I am psyched to get into it today. Before we start, Phil, did you know that we are on Spotify?
1: Wow, I did not know that. Where are you? Right next up to like Elvis' greatest hits or something like that?
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I think if you, uh, yeah, I mean, you can playlist us or something.
1: With That's us. amazing.
0: In addition to Spotify, you can also find us on all of your regular podcast links, including Apple Podcasts. You can download us from Stitcher, Google Play, or go directly to our link at gunksrunner.com slash paincave and download directly from there or just listen online. Phil, let's get into it, but before we start... What are we
1: drinking today? We are drinking a Trillium Brewing dialed in double IPA. It's brewed with moscato juice. I don't exactly know what that is. Is is that from like a plant or what's a moscato? I guess. I mean, moscato is a wine, I think. I'm not really sure, but we're about to find out. Let's give it a go. This sounds terrible. Well done. Don't judge it until you've tasted it. Okay. You're if I love it. Oh, it smells amazing. If I
0: fall asleep on the way to work, this is going to be problematic. yeah
1: You're getting like a quarter of a glass. There you but go. That's I'm, perfect. Thank I'm you. Looking after people that don't even know it right now. <laughs> Whoa, this looks amazing. Look at that color. Yeah, it's, wow. It's got some nice haze to it. All right. Cheers. cheers. Here's to the pain cave on Spotify, right? <laughs> Acceleration. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's really good. No, you Super can really juicy. taste the moscato. It. Yeah, I knew I knew I knew the taste from somewhere. <laughs> no, that's excellent. Super fruity, juicy. So, right.
0: Phil, the last time we were here was about six weeks ago, and we were going over our usual rundown of recent events and, and results and everything else, and we're going to do much the same. The The fall tends to be kind of a quiet time, but this year we did have a couple of really good stories that we were following in more or less consecutive weeks. With Bigs Backyard and the 24 Hour World Championships, both of which had no shortage of storylines. Yep. Where do you it's want not, to
1: start? It's not being quiet. Well, I, I kind of like to start and talk about the 200 mile races that we're going on the Grand Slam of 200 Milers. Okay, I'm going to let you McKnight. vamp on
0: that because that is something that uh, yeah. I don't care much about.
1: No, but it's pretty incredible. My, Michael McKnight won Moab, Tahoe, and Bigfoot, and swept um, the triple crown. Yeah, Triple Crown, a grand 200-mile Grand Slam. And it's so incredible. Yeah, just insane. Uh, I thought that was really impressive, and those races look really cool. They're all in like incredible locations, yeah. just absolutely stunning. And, you know, when you're doing 200 miles, you've got plenty of time to savor that, you know? You really get into <laughs> it and enjoy it. So that was amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, those courses look gorgeous, and they do Stun- seem like amazing experiences. Yeah, From I I a competitive standpoint, I'm not I mean. sure exactly what that means.
1: Yeah, it's certainly applies to a very kind of specialist type of runner at the moment but you know i'm sure more will fill that space it's probably how 100 mile running started right right no that's when a good there point point. 20 runners at western states and everyone could get in
0: sure <laughs> exactly and um right i mean this could be a situation where a few years from now i mean I, I don't know that we'll get to you know 150 200 mile races around the country but yeah could we see an influx of of people into that space for sure i mean they're getting more more popular yeah mm-hmm. um it's uh you know it's a lot of the the stuff we're going to talk about today with the the triple crown like you just mentioned the and bigs and everything else it's it's really it kind of gets to the heart of the difficulty of of conceptualizing and covering the sport with so many kind of disparate elements under one tent i mean the difference between Somebody who's going out and, and running three 200-mile races in a summer or, or going and running for 72 hours straight or something like that is, is very different from Jim Wamsley running a 450-50 yeah. mile or, you know, yep. somebody trying to, to run, uh, you know, uh, break a Matt Carpenter record at Leadville or something like that. I mean, these sports are very, very – these are very, very different disciplines. Totally. Yeah, pretty interesting. Um, and it's just so varied, right? Yeah.
1: It's all under one umbrella, though, really. Yeah.
0: And I think that's a lot of people – you know, there's been I – don't, I don't know if I want to say there's been backlash or anything, but – you know, the, the amount of coverage that has been afforded to stuff like Barkley and Biggs and that sort of thing, I, I think has kind of rubbed a few people the wrong way who say, you know, this is, this is the, the face that we're putting forward as, a, as an ultra running community to the outside world. And, you know, it, it, we're, we're playing up maybe this kind of freak show element of it. And we're doing a disservice to our elites who are really, you know, um, you know running, just doing amazing athletic feats but aren't getting the same kind of respect, you know, because it's it's really a different sport. And I I see that to some extent, but at the same time, again,
1: these are all legitimate pursuits under the ultra marathon tent. Yeah, totally and and you know, there's there's enough of a, a sort of spectator stroke fan base for all these disciplines. You know, I mean, the the things like, you know, Bigs and Barkley now are like crazy and then these, you know, big races across the uh the Alps. Um, you know, people follow all different types of things now. And, you know, road 50Ks and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's really the fan base, you know, or the, the spectator base is getting bigger. Certainly, um, there's no shortage of interest in these things. Right, right. Let's
0: talk a little bit about, you mentioned, you know, 50Ks in the Alps. Let's talk a little bit about kind of wrapping up the a lot of the overseas trail racing season before we get into the domestic happenings that we alluded to early on uh you know the we had spent some time over the summer and in the early fall talking about the golden trail series the new I think it's um, taken
1: us all year to figure out it's called the golden trail series yeah exactly we had all different names for it to start off with but <laughs> we're there it's the end of the year and the last race <laughs> but we now know what it's called so
0: the, <laughs> the last race i think was the annapurna trail marathon in Correct. nepal which uh, saw killian once again stand on the top of the podium there. I I guess you'd have to say a good
1: successful season for Killian. Yeah. I mean, he kind of went shorter, but obviously he went steep and high Mm -hmm. and it's worked for him. I mean, he's obviously got fantastic speed and Mm -hmm. can handle the altitude. I mean, just everyone says his climbing is fantastic, but his descending is just insane. You know, I think a lot of the times people are in contact with him on the ascent. Right. And then on the descent, he just absolutely drops them and, and, uh, you know, the Annapurna Trail Marathon uh, tops out about 12,000 feet, so pretty high, um, and it has about 11,500 feet of climbing, so it's a pretty wow. pretty stout day out, you know? Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I, I think just three races for him, or four races for him all year?
1: Yeah, three or four, something like that. But
0: undefeated, as far as
1: I remember. Undefeated, very close to a lot of course records. I think maybe you got one course record this year on something, but yeah, just... Very, very dominant. And that that space is packed with top runners, you know, fast mountain runners. You know, I feel the density of quality in that is a lot higher. It seems to attract a certain type.
0: Is this Solomon Golden Trail Series, this, I think, being the second year of it and getting a little bit more visibility this year, certainly drawing top flight competition on both the men's and the women's side, is this a success at this point? I mean, we talked a little bit earlier in the year about how this is kind of getting hard to follow with all the different series. You have this, you have the Sky Running, you have the Ultra Trail World Tour, and, and God knows how many others. And it is hard to kind of keep track of, you know, and, and with some of these, such as the Sky Running series, there are series within the series. You have the short distance, you have the VK, you have the ultra distance, and trying to track who's running what and who's going for what title gets, it's confusing. Yeah. Is, is, has this been a successful experiment, you think, with the Golden Trail series?
1: I mean, I think so. It's taken me a, a year to figure out. It's called the <laughs> Golden Trails Series, but it's certainly exciting, and the coverage is good. You know, and I think the great videos on YouTube, the, right. the following the the race, you know, online, um, I think that's good, and Salomon can obviously put money into this and and make the, you know, the quality of event very good, which draws in viewers, spectators, um, and that makes it exciting. And, you know, the races are close uh, a lot of the times. Right. So I, I think it is... A success for them i think it'd be nice to really kind of figure out what's what in it but yeah still you know it's it's pretty
0: cool the competition's been there for sure and it's it's interesting that they've gotten you know some top names not just from solomon but from some of the other sponsors out there to come out and do these races and it's like you said the coverage has been great so i think if they continue with it it should continue to be a success but i, I do worry about you know kind of this fatigue with in the mountain running space with these different titles and and i mean you know if they're willing to you know pay money and people are going to chase prize money then more power to them but
1: yeah, it have got to have some focus though it can't that's kind of what i feel right you don't like, want it to be too diluted going on that going eventually things don't really mean anything you need right. to have kind of like a pinnacle of the event not you know too much kind of uh extra noise going on around it although you know it's fun obviously with people to enter and do these races in a lot of cool cool places but yeah i mean they, they definitely need to maintain some focus unify the belts as you were saying before so What i was saying yeah <laughs> we become the don king of uh of ultra running we unify these events and there's one big i think you can get the crazy hairstyle though i think that would really suit you <laughs> we we'll just you know we'll, we'll fluff up that that lid of yours a bit well, and uh, I, i'll just be your sidekick that's how i and, used to uh, wear it yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll we'll post uh, uh We'll unify the belts, as I, they say. I should post a picture of my college days. Love G- to give see Give you that. a little, think, little bit of the, was the one, Jewish Don King. Wasn't there one on the FBI's Most Wanted site at the time? <laughs> we we'll have a dig back through that. <laughs> You're all good now, though. Uh,
0: just to finish up kind of the mountain running season, the mountain running world championships, both the short course and the long course are going to be taking place this weekend, this upcoming weekend in Argentina. Um, Good, strong USA team, especially on the men's side, uh, especially in the long distance championships. Joe Gray, who is a former short course mountain running world championships and who will be competing in the short course as well. Um, I'm sorry, former mountain running champion, world champion and multi-time US champ. We've talked about him multiple times on the show before. Being joined for the Long course, Jim Walmsley, Hayden Hawks, Mario Mendoza. That's a powerhouse team right there.
1: Yeah, that's that's good. That's going to be really exciting. Looking forward to following that. Uh,
0: the Brit, Jonathan Albin, probably the favorite even in that field, Although, unless you want to put Jim in that spot. Yeah, so, who knows what he could do, right? Yeah, but could be very, very interesting on a 42-kilometer or just about a marathon distance with about 7,000 feet of climbing. So, okay. yeah, should be... Um, should be interesting. I, I, I don't know anything about the course, whether it's, you know, super technical, super runnable or what, but yeah, that'll be something fun to follow this coming weekend along with North Face, which we will get into shortly. What else from around the world and around the country before we get into the big news of the yeah, last couple of weeks? still working through
1: a couple of appetizers here, I feel. Yeah. Uh, well, Carl Meltzer winning for his 17th year in a row, a hundred mile race, Cloud Splitter 100. Uh, I think that was his 41st win. Something like that. He's 51. He's still out there absolutely crushing. Very impressive. That's uh, really awesome. So he's the same age as me. The only difference is I've never won a 100-mile race. <laughs> um, so only 41 to go. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, when I get to 42, I think I can beat him. We'll see how that goes. Um, and then another big one that I saw was uh, diagonal de Fou. Was Sabrina Stanley winning out there. That looked looked amazing for her. She's had a fantastic year. She's been um, great this year. Really good. She's won some really stout races. Yeah, she's obviously really running extremely well in these tough races. Yeah. coming
0: off of the win last year at Hard Rock, and then, uh, you know, having the disappointment disappointment of not being able to defend her title, and yeah. I think she just took that fitness and Yeah, I mean, she's been on fire. She's been yeah. untouchable.
1: Yeah, and Diagonal of the Foo is like legit. I mean, that's that's hard.
0: Yeah, that's a gigantic race. Yep incredibly difficult course
1: 31,000 feet again. It's, it's big, you know, it's a really, really hard race. Yeah.
0: I mean, I haven't del- delved deeply into the performance of the year list yet. Um, cause honestly it's a painful thing to do, but yeah, um, <laughs> that, that, that performance is going to be up there. I think for the women, Yeah, I think so. um, you know, I think obviously we'll have some people who were in Albi for the world championships, uh, that are going to have to be considered, but, um, she, she's going to be – she's going to definitely be up there, I think, with that performance.
1: Yep. A uh, bit of a local one, Castle to River Run 50K. Uh, local runner, Kerr Davis, well, Northeast runner. Mm-hmm. And then Brian Critchfield winning those. And mm-hmm. I think Kerr won the series by winning that.
0: Yep, so that's the uh, the final race in the Solomon uh, New York Trail Series, I guess, yep. which does send the winner of the series to a another Solomon-ish event yep. out west this year in 2018 uh, right? yeah 20 kerr winning winning the 2018 series along with jay lemos on the men's side they got to yeah. go to broken arrow where yeah. kerr was i think in the top 10 wow which great. was a, a great performance yeah, obviously sorry. coming from from sea level and then uh the two of them repeated in the series this year and i think they go to uh, I don't think it's Broken Arrow next year. I think they go to Run the Rut, maybe. Oh wow, that's yeah. cool. That looks amazing. That race. That, that, that does heat. look ins- just super really intense, um, and and should fit both of them. Also, again, with uh, a lot of climbing and a lot of uh, technical kind of downhill running, which I think they both excel at. So that'll be fun to see them go out there. Yeah, nice. that race is that race is pretty cool, Castle Little River. I'd like to. I didn't get a chance to go this year, but um, yeah, next yeah, year I, I'd like to put that on the calendar. That's a yeah. They do a nice Sounds job, good. Ben Drew, um, putting that one on with, yeah. with Ian's help, and and yeah. um, look great. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's you know that's kind of I think my alley. You know, mostly runnable, a little yeah. bit of technical stuff, mostly runnable, some decent climbs, but nothing you know too mountainous or anything. And, and uh, look like looks like a lot of fun. All right,
1: check it out. Anything else? Uh, Javelina Jundred, I thought it was pretty good. Pat <laughs> Regan winning there, thirteen eleven, and then it was so good. to See Casey out yeah. there running and winning. That was brilliant to yeah. see her, so happy.
0: I did want to talk about this. Pat, I think the third win in a row, I think, there. Um, yeah. And, yeah, he's uh,
1: been pretty dominant that. that yeah, depends.
0: every time under 14 hours. This was his um, second fastest time there. 13.11 is freaking ro- rolling that on that really course. Is, yeah. Um just is, yeah. Just 10 minutes behind the course record that he set there uh, two years ago, I think, in his first win. Um, o- almost an hour ahead of Tyler Green, the, the runner-up there. Really, really great to see Casey back. After yeah, it was so awesome. I mean, she a looked great, So happy. Yeah. She was
1: brilliant. Had, had a great run.
0: Had a great early season, and, and really had put herself. It seemed like in position at UTMB to do something really special, and yep. then um, you know had the fall, unfortunately, and got, got fairly banged up there. Um, yeah, and yeah, it sounded she like going a nasty in.
1: fall. Right, yep. her face was was pretty yeah, swollen. She was in the picture all, I saw. she
0: was all scratched up, and yeah. and it sounded like that did play with her confidence a little bit, and you know it it, it took a little bit of mental fortitude to come back and battle back and really even get to the start line and uh she crushed it 1532 yeah. second uh all time to uh devin
1: yanko's course record from yeah, 2015 run. i heard that they had a uh, tattoo artist at the finish line and i know pat reagan got a tattoo i don't know if anyone else did really but uh, yep you could uh, finish the hundred roll straight in for a tattoo Oh, I don't know not about thinking that. clearly No, that's exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say I've never nah, kind of funny
0: I've never had any real desire to get a tattoo but I could definitely see yes run, having a great race Post coming for and just
1: being like hell's to the air yeah. no. <laughs> two beers and you're straight up for a tattoo <laughs> yeah I mean that, that race looks like fun like a lot of fun the aid stations are crazy people in costumes mm-hmm. it really does look good
0: That's a um, Mount what you call it yeah yeah it looks incredible yeah those guys do a good job. Yeah, as I said, Pat, almost a one hour victory margin. Uh, Casey's 1530 was about 30
1: minutes ahead of Camelia Mayfield. She's had a good year. She has actually a little bit kind of, um, you know, a good year, but I think mostly a lot of like won some shorter races, a lot of like set, but kind of right up there. Mm -hmm. You know, not won some of the bigger, longer races, but some good, good results. Yeah,
0: yeah, really solid. It'll be. Seen her name a lot, you know. Yeah, exactly. She keeps popping up in podium positions at uh, medium to large races. Yeah it it's yeah. been a good a good solid year for her yep uh, definitely you know unlucky to run into a buzzsaw like like Casey there otherwise she could have could have been in for the win there uh Mallory Richard in third from Canada she's also yeah. had a, a good year yeah
1: i think the only other thing i really have is the uh, 50 mile road champs you know tussie oh yeah Mounting, tussie mountain back. 50 mile i, I just think that uh, Devon yanko broke the course record there um she was third overall absolutely outstanding run by her and i Mm -hmm. think that kind of leads into you know what she's doing next i think she's obviously moving extremely well yes uh tyler andrews winning for the men
0: tyler andrews over Uh, cole crosby i think was second for the men there was
1: cole crosby was second
0: the the times i mean solid times not uh scalding dogs by any stretch it's a course where it's it's actually a fairly hilly course although you know it's you know dirt road so the footing is great but um there, there is a good bit of climbing there's one or two substantial climbs in the middle but it's a course that has given up some fast times in the past. Uh, I know Matt Flaherty has been at or near five and a half hours there. Um, you know, certainly comparable times to what people put up on some of the really fast courses in the Midwest. So, you know, Tyler and, and Cole running well, not, not again, uh, scalding dogs, but certainly running well. And yeah. um, Cole has had a really good season. Yeah, I mean, he really he's, he's, yeah, I, he, he's been, I think, podium at three or maybe four national championships this year.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's he's done very well. Yeah,
0: running at Comset, at at Cayuga, and um, at Mad City, the 100K road. Now, you know, we should mention a little bit, or maybe lament a little bit, the just the the fields that are that are turning out or not turning out for some of these national championship events. Not to denigrate any of these performances, but um, I, I really feel like these races should be more of a big deal, especially the road races. And unfortunately, they just are not getting the same kind of fields that we or or I think that the type of fields that we would like to see, especially when you compare them to some of the shorter trail championships. I mean, I feel like the 50K trail championship has been really pretty competitive recently, whereas, you know, the 100K road championships are are getting 20 to 30 people total and and the, you know, the 50 mile road championships at Tussie you know, used to be a couple hundred people and now we're down to maybe about a hundred and, and it, we're just not seeing the same kind of support for these races, which is concerning. And, you know, a little discouraging, especially when US ultra running is really in such a strong point right now.
1: Yeah, it really is. I mean, I'm not sure what the answer is. I mean, I don't know if there's prize money there or what the the situation is. I mean, well, they have the big sponsors for it, but um, it is tough because there's a lot of good, big races out there but these national championship races are definitely a little thin in terms of the numbers to really be able to say the quality was there to really right. justify saying i'm the national champion right you know um and i'm not entirely sure what the answer is but uh, it definitely needs a little bit of thought to, to try and change that
0: so the prize money is there in some cases and i think no thank you i think part of the problem is i don't want to say part of the problem uh, part of the issue, I guess, is that the prize money at these championships is not provided by USATF. The prize money is basically up to the discretion of the individual race directors, right. and so it is variable depending on their budget and what they feel they can afford. And I know Ian in the past has gone out of pocket uh, yeah. for to, to offer some pretty nice prize purses at Cayuga, and that that's helped keep the the um, field strength there fairly strong. But you know, we ascribe a lot of importance to prize money and the purses at these races when we're kind of considering what the conditions are that make for these great fields. And, and certainly prize money has something to do with it. But the, I, I really don't think that's the only thing that people are thinking about when they're putting schedules together. Mm. I mean, case in point, the, the, the largest purse, at least that I'm still aware of, is uh, Run Rabbit, which gives yep. 15000 to the winner. And yeah. while it gets some good Solid runners is not putting together a little thin at times yeah. right. It's not Agreed. putting together elite fields of ten to fifteen to twenty people. You know, North Face is, and I think that part of that is because it's a fairly substantial purse. But I think more of it is because it's in you know, the Marin Headlands and it's kind of a, a mecca and, you know, North Face has the money behind it to make it a world-class event. Yeah. And the marketing and... But I don't think it's just prize money. I mean, UROC is still offering a substantial purse and that has not helped the the field strength there very much. Yeah. And you're still getting kind of a, a thinner kind of uh, field in terms of competition there. And then you look at Western States, which, you know, is a a rare case, obviously, but still no prize money and still is going to give you the deepest field of the year, year after year after year. So that can't be the only thing. I mean, it's got something to do with it, but I I don't know what it is. And, you know, the other thing is that, you know, most of these races are at least in some way feeders into the national team for world championships. So the winner of, um, or the 50K uh, road championships gets uh, an automatic spot at Worlds. The winner of the 50-mile trail championship usually gets a spot on the uh, trail world championship team. Uh, Mad City, the winner there, gets a, uh, an automatic spot onto the 100K road championship team. And it it seems um, inconsistent which of these teams are really or which of these events, which of these world championship events are attracting our best talent to go on the world teams and which aren't. The competition for some of these teams is very, very intense. You look at the 24-hour world team, which we're going to talk about in a second because the world championships just happened, the competition to get on that team is fairly intense, and I really do think we are probably pulling our best 24-hour talent in this country oh, to, no go to, that, to go to that uh, event. Whereas some of these, you know, it's like the 50, the, the world trail championships in the past, some years we have great teams. And then this year it was like, they almost couldn't get a full team to, to show up. And I'm not sure why some of these uh, world championships are held in such high regard by the people who are competing for spots and, and others are basically just like, you know, whoever they can kind of scrape off, uh, you know, scrape up a, a team for. I don't, I don't really know what is factoring into that.
1: Yeah, hard to know. I mean, I wonder if there's some kind of argument of, like, you take something like, you know, the North Face out in, uh, in uh, you know, California and say that's the 50-mile national championships as well as this big race. I mean, I wonder whether you do that because generally that has a strong field. Not the the best field necessarily because there will still be names missing from it, but, but it generally has a good deep yeah field, you know um so use that and just pick the big races where people turn up you know the like lake sonoma maybe you know that's a big 50 mile race i mean you're saying just attach
0: it attach the national championship imprimatur to an already established race rather than trying to build up a different already it's an interesting idea you
1: know i mean i feel some people might be a little annoyed race directors for example but you know, these are big races. It, it gives a lot of credibility. I mean, like, for example, you know, you go to you make Sonoma the 50 mile national championships. It's the golden ticket race. Right. And it's a, but I guess if you've already got a golden ticket, maybe you don't go. Is it too close to states? So maybe that's not a great example. But I, I think, right. you know, as an idea, maybe the North Face is the one you Right. Know, for the 50 mile. And then I don't have answers for the 50K, the, you know, 100K, the, you know, you've got to look and see what are the races that draw the biggest, strongest crowd. Well, it's
0: interesting. I mean, the 50K is those. an interesting choice because, right, you'd say, right hook it up with chuckanut or or yeah. way too cool or something yeah, like that but cool you know, i mean this year it was formidable which has been an okay race in the past yeah. but you know usually isn't the the absolute top guys and this year formidable but I, whether because it was the the US championships or just randomly had a, a really good field and we mm. saw some really top flight talent there so yeah i'm not i'm not 100% sure what it is i don't know you know we should have ian on and maybe talk about what is actually involved in bidding for a national championship. Yeah, that would be a and good idea. Because I, I know that, that some RDs have expressed some frustration in dealing with the, the um, USATF you know, credentialing process or whatever it is. Not necessarily the bidding, but just it seems like there are hoops to jump through that make it maybe not worth their while, and, and maybe that's why there just isn't enough clamor for these races. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: so maybe you need some kind of you know USATF to kind of say – like, you know, the process is a bit easier. It needs some kind of compromise on both sides, right? Right. you know, because ultimately I don't know what their exact criteria are, but really it's about the quality of the field. Right. You know, you need to have a good quality field there to really justify it. For it to mean anything. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. And yeah, we look at this, you know, the long distance mountain running championships, which in some years has gotten great teams. In some years, again, it's just kind of like, who can we find that's willing to do it? I mean, right. Why is this year? Why is it Jim and Hayden and, uh, and Joe Gray, you know, Mario will... Amara yeah. has been on a number of national teams. He'll, it seems like he'll go to a lot of these. He really gets something out of it. But, right, why is it our top guys this year? And, and whereas in the last couple of years, you know, it, it's kind of fallen by the wayside. It's, and it, maybe it's just, you know, where it is on the calendar, where it is, you know, geographically, w- what people, you know, have coming up that, that it fits into their schedules. It's just it may, it, may be that, it may be that these teams are fighting over maybe too small of a talent pool, um, at the absolute top to, you know, have any consistency from year to year, especially when the dates of these championships change. Like, that's that's one of the things, maybe, is yeah. that, you know, you know States is in June every year. You know North yeah, Face is in November every year. That's a very good point. Year, you know,
1: right? I, I was thinking that, that just have a consistent race that, you know, it's that date. That's when right. it is... You can put it into your calendar. It's not moving and right. changing. And that's and, the problem with some of these you know, Worlds events is, yeah.
0: right, I mean, the Worlds could be any time over a six to eight-month stretch, and it maybe doesn't get even announced until eight months before the yeah. event. And maybe that's what part of it is. It's, it's just, you know, the way that the sport works now, you have to you have to plan out your schedule so far in advance, yeah. and it, it may just be that, that we're unable to do that because of the, the shifting nature of that. that. Maybe that's the problem, and it lies yeah. more with the IAU than anything else.
1: I think you should talk to Ian. I think have a good pod, and uh, there's multiple reasons, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably got something. it. But in we mind. could talk about this all night because we, we care could. so much. We
0: could, but uh, let's not. Let's move on to something else. Let's so uh, talking about the the World Championships that I use the USATS. Let's let's talk about one of the two major storylines that's gone on over the past month and a half or so, and that yeah. would have to be the the 24 hour World Championships, which right. was uh, one of the the great days in US ultra-running history, I would have to say, uh, over in Albi, day. France. Excellent day, yeah. Um, what were some of your impressions from following the world over that 24-hour period?
1: You know, watching it online, I thought the, the, the coverage was, I would like it to have been a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, I actually found it quite hard to follow. So I was really having to go through Twitter updates. But, you know, once the sort of dust had settled and everything, I mean, Camille, obviously, is just the in most incredible like storyline going over there, just absolutely crushing such a massive run. Both teams getting gold, um, you know, strong performances all round. Yeah, I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. And I'm I'm so happy that Camille had such a good race. I mean, I had heard that she had paced it wrong for about the first third. She had set her splits off thinking that the, the course was 1,400 meters long and it was 1,500. That's what she said. Right, okay. I mean... Um, <sighs> And, and look uh, i don't have any reason
0: not to take her at her word except you're the world record holder and the overwhelming favorite heading into the world championships i think you probably would make sure you knew the distance of the loop of the
1: course you think you know she should have taken her tape measure with her right i mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean I don't know <laughs> look i mean
0: look it, it's it's certainly possible I, I again i have no reason to i have no reason to doubt her but um and certainly uh, after the first several hours, uh, she settled into a, a more reasonable pace, I think. And, um, you know, there was there was definitely a break point in there where, you know, certainly that may have been when she realized that it was 1,500 instead of 1,400 meters.
1: Yeah, I saw, I saw something like a kind of chart of like her pace. Yeah, here. yeah, of too. It has, like, has her puke stops, her beer stops and, right. and right. stuff like that. And she par- apparently had uh, 56 minutes of like not moving time, including naps and trips to the medical tent and stuff. So... That was kind of cool, but I mean, whatever pacing wise, this that the other. I mean, what a brilliant run! I yeah, mean, absolutely outstanding. She has uh, thrown down a marker there. That, it was. Uh, it will was a while to beat.
0: It was incredible. I mean, she was for the first half of the race, at least within striking distance of the overall lead, you know, the men's lead as well, and and just really yeah, ran, totally. ran away with the competition on the women's side, bringing yep. bringing her own world record in fairly sizable fashion, and and winning by. Uh, I think it was 15 kilometers over second place for the women, so that's about a nine-mile margin of victory. Uh, really, truly amazing. I'll come back to Camille in a second. Yeah. Uh, you know, to to mention the coverage, I, I also found to be kind of annoying. There was there was actually a yeah. really good tracking site which was updating every time somebody crossed the map. Oh right. Okay. Except it wouldn't it wouldn't slot them into a place. It was just like. Uh, you know whoever had last crossed the mat okay. came up at the top of the page so you couldn't yeah. really see where they stood or, or anything like that so what what i was really reduced to was the website that was updating the standings every hour basically right which was Even that okay didn't seem and, and very that, good. that wasn't great yeah. either I so mean, it did get very frustrating and and really following tracy outlaw on on facebook was or twitter or whatever it was and getting the updates on the us teams was the way to yeah. do it that way because that's really where the conversation was
1: Pam um, Pam smith Pam Smith. A, run. Great run.
0: Fantastic. Uh, what did she have? 200 and what I have 46 it here? 46K. 246K. Yeah. Uh, a PR for her. And I yeah. think up to number six all time for the U.S. Wow. women, something yeah, like that. Fantastic. All of our top women landing on the top 10 list for the all time U.S. women. You know, Courtney was our third scorer uh, and a little bit of a, a disappointing run for her. Still 12th in the world. Two hundred two yeah. hundred and twenty nine 229 kilometers but below her pr but yeah um, i think
1: her hip injury flared up during, yeah, the, during like. the run um but i mean look, ultimately it's a good kind of end of season for her picked up a team gold medal there um gone out there sucked up you know some pain to and that third place was needed mm-hmm. you know to get that medal so i think she's done fantastically well and you know hope rest and recover and and she'll be back strong next year so you know Ultimately, not a possibly, you know, a great run for her, but a great result in the end, getting a team gold. I mean, right. I think that's important.
0: I mean, without her, without her third place, they would, they certainly would not have won gold. the The, the remainder of the U.S. team did have some struggles uh, with injury, with illness. Uh, unfortunately, Megan Alvarado, the U.S. champ, was out very early with what did turn out to be a stress fracture, I think, in her sacrum. Oh right, okay. Yeah, Oof. so wow, she, she's going to be out for a little while. So yeah. that was a bummer that she had been kind of working for her for a long time to get on that team. Uh, I mean, I'm thrilled that she gets the, the team gold medal, uh, but definitely a frustrating day for her. But, yeah, between her and, and um, I know Gina Slaby had had some, some issues as well. Yeah,
1: 185K for her, probably. Uh, yeah, well you know, below her, yeah. her
0: capabilities, definitely. And I think, yeah. I, if I remember correctly, she had some back stuff and, and some GI issues as well. Um, the, the third finisher, actually, for the U.S. was uh, Mike Morgan.
1: Right, who yeah. was
0: actually the alternate, um, yeah. paid her own way to go over there, did right. get to race in team colors, but did not yeah. count for the standings. Right, <laughs> eighth in the world and Brilliant. number nine so all time for the U.S. in yeah. only her third, I think, 24-hour race.
1: Yeah, that's excellent, yeah, really good. So yeah. some, you know, some some hard running on on, but some great stories as well. I mean, I think it's fantastic that uh, they got that team gold and the overall gold. That was uh, was really good.
0: Yep, and the world record. The men's team also fantastic. Olivia LeBlond running just an unbelievably brilliantly paced race, coming from the 40s in the early going place wise, uh, to come up to third overall, uh, secure a podium spot, a PR, and I believe number two or three all time US. Yeah, number two, I think, is amazing. Yep, behind only um, Mike Morton's. Yeah, um, like a a mile back on him or something. Yep, Uh, Jake Jackson, I think, also third or fourth hundred mile ever. Yeah, uh, seventh overall, top ten uh, in the world, and also top ten U.S. I think he was sixth all time U.S. And Harvey Lewis, who has been on five or six 24-hour World Championship teams, a PR in his mid 40s, 258 uh, kilometers, just over 160 miles, yeah, for the really first good. time to secure the the third scoring spot for the U.S. and uh, and to to really lock down that that gold because. Hungary after our top two, uh, Hungary and the US were basically uh, even yeah um, and uh, it, it was really the third runner that that was the difference there. Pretty much the entire difference uh, between between the gold and the silver medal was was in uh, in Harvey's spot there, so yeah, great performances uh, on both sides. It was really I mean, this was the biggest 24-hour World Championships ever. I saw 45 countries, which is more than they've ever had. Yeah, um, about 150 athletes on each side. Yeah, and uh, to to really secure pretty s- convincing wins on both sides, uh, men and women for for the team, really fantastic and and obviously just all-time top 10 performances. This is what I'm saying that this team. The competition to get on this team, especially on the men's side this year, where it came down to literally a couple hundred yards between
1: being on the oh, team yes, and push off the out team. Every single thing. I mean, yeah. it's crazy, right? Uh, and How and tight just
0: these are. The, the battles to get on this team. And, and you know, I think we're, we're showing that we're, we really are finding the absolute best talent, uh, or at least among people that are interested in doing this
1: uh, in the U.S. And, and it's, it's showing in these team results. And, yeah. and as you said before, I mean, the 24 hour racing. There are certain races that draw the crowd, where you know it is like super high competition. You know the the, the particular races, mm-hmm. you do get all the good people show up, um, and I guess also it's relatively easy to compare times between this. You know, there's some same right. time you can be running in heat though and cold, and you know some some weather factors, but it's not like the course is any different really. You know, it's just generally a flat. Extra sure. distance course right. and a track, round and round or a you go, yeah, fourteen hundred meter, yeah. or
0: maybe a fifteen hundred meter, yeah, loop, or, you know, depending sixteen
1: hundred. You never know. Bring your own tape measure.
0: Let, um Camille, I mean, performance of the year for sure, and you That's know, even right. w- even with a an otherwise quiet season, will kind of catapult her up into consideration for the ultra run of the year, which she has won in the past. I, how do I want to phrase this? To me, and maybe maybe this is my own bias i don't I don't know that Camille has the same adulation among ultra fans as maybe a Courtney or somebody else you know with with a a, a similar kind of profile I, I think Camille is respected and right. I think people are you know amazed by what she can do and she's clearly one of the all time greats has multiple world records mm. and multiple world championships. Uh, I mean, she's an amazing, amazing talent. Mm-hmm. I I don't know that she's beloved right. among a
1: social media darling. Is that what you're kind of?
0: Well, kind of, right. yeah. Except, except the thing is, you right. You think of you think of people that you know kind of fit this this gestalt idea of right. Uh, uh, you know, somebody who's beloved or somebody who who. You know, people are really fans of, uh, on a, in a in a visceral yeah. sense, and you say, yes, it's because of it. They have a social media presence or something mm. like that. But Camille has a a, a big social media presence. Yeah. Camille has a bigger social media presence than Courtney does, for example, yeah. who I think is is often held up yeah. as her her biggest rival, I would guess. And yet, yet I think there's this um, this kind of groundswell or this emotional support, or uh, you know, for for fans of Courtney that I don't know that is there for Camille. Like right. I said, I think Camille is is kind of revered and respected but not loved like Courtney is. Right. I just wonder and maybe that's just my perception or maybe that's my own bias because
1: Yeah. Um I,
0: well, I because I would yeah, I would consider myself a Courtney fan whereas right. I would consider myself more of um You kind of respect uh, right, Camille and some, like
1: wow, it's amazing achievements.
0: Well, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I don't root for her. I, I I root for her, and I certainly was pulling for her this weekend,
1: but I don't yeah. root for
0: her in the same way. And right. if you said, who would you want to see win the world championships, I'd rather, I'm as a fan, I would root for Courtney over Camille. Right, okay. I, I just don't know why that is.
1: Yeah, I, hard to know. I mean, I think, and I'm just kind of, you know, throwing it out there just straight off the top of my head, like, um, Courtney's sponsor is Salomon, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Camille's is Nike, is that right? That's true. Okay. I think Salomon do a very good job with their videos, very touchy-feely, very warm. That's interesting. You know, it's quite kind of like it, their style of making these videos is mm-hmm. is really draws you in to really love the person, whereas Nike's a little bit more matter-of-fact. It's a bit more cut-and-dry. It's a bit like, you know, we're running fast, we're kicking butt here. You know, whereas Courtney's a bit like, you know, peace and love and gummy bears. That's you know, interesting. And I, I wonder if the, meat, the way that their various sponsors portray them, the I mean, Salomon obviously massive in the space. Right. I, you know, I'm just kind of thinking out loud there I wonder yeah. if that's one of the reasons and we know Salomon churn out some fantastic YouTube videos and social media stuff right Nike not so you know and we know I mean Nike's kind of having some issues right now and yeah we're not too happy with them well I'm not but most people mm, they make good know. shoes though <laughs> well, that's your opinion okay. <clears throat> anyway no that, that's that, my theory that's an interesting
0: point yeah. and I, I wonder if that colors it uh, to some extent The thing is, I, well, I shouldn't say I don't watch the Solomon videos. I do. And, and, right. Maybe that's, maybe that's a uh, kind of a groundswell of emotion that I don't kind of take into account. I don't know. You know, and, and we may be overthinking this. This may just be as simple as Courtney's had the most success at you know, huge trail races that, you know, we all follow obsessively, Western States and UTMB and and all that stuff. And, you know, she got a lot of goodwill from from Big's Backyard, which continues to be kind of a media darling. And, you know, where Camille has had her success on the track and on the roads Mm. and in kind of the Parts of the sport that maybe not that we don't care about as much, but that the media treats a little bit differently, and maybe it's maybe it's just a residue of that. Maybe it's just uh, this is a trail-centric sport right now, and that's where that Courtney's could be made her a, bones. That could be and oh, well. yep. And it's you know that that could be as simple as as what yeah. it is.
1: But who knows? They're both amazing. So, they are. They, but anyway, both, that's and, good. Good uh, points. Congra-
0: congratulations to, to both of them, to everyone involved with the, the US 24 hour team on both the men's and the women's side, and and a sincere congratulations to Camille for you know her second straight world record there, and God knows how many times she's now won the world championships in various disciplines. Just an, an amazing athlete, and I, I am a fan. I'm just I I, I don't know. I have a, a different emotional response to to her stuff than than to some of the other women out there, but but that that shouldn't that shouldn't detract from anything that she's been able to do really amazing the other big story not to transition inelegantly but we did mention biggs and biggs once again uh did not disappoint this year
1: absolutely did not i mean it's such a brilliant format um i absolutely love this this race um it's such a cool event i mean just laz is such a character all the runners who show up are such characters as well it just has such a buzz to it it's amazingly easy to follow online. It's incredibly easy to follow. And, you know, I think we were saying last time that you could just make this even better with just like these cameras on the course. We're we're getting there, People running with GoPros. I mean, you could turn this into an, I mean, a total phenomenon. And I mean, not that it isn't kind of already, but you could even take it to the next level, I think. I'm sure we're not far away from that by any stretch. Um, We could be GoPro runners there. The, um, you just about run 12-minute miles, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the format of
0: this race really does just make – it is just built for narrative. Like the, the, oh, totally. the storylines so that come cool. out and just the the following of these people, and you can really just see everything just disintegrate in real time. And then, so you know, brilliant. if we're just – as we're following most of the time by just updating the, you know, the the results page every hour or so – and you're, you're trying to read it for those of us who are not really there, there on the ground, you know, you're trying to read into these little fluctuations and oh, well, that was a 54 minute lap. What does yeah. that mean? Are they, are they, you know, oh, no, no, they're back to 51 minutes. And it, uh, it really does uh, make just for really amazing narrative storytelling. And that, okay, that's great. really, yeah. That's really what Laz is about, I think. Yeah. Is, and they have a, he's good, a like, bunch of stats
1: when you look at it as well, mm-hmm. like time to actually run the distance, you know, so just net running time and stuff like that. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I mean, never have I had so much fun staring at a sheet of numbers and, <laughs> and making up my own stories in my own head. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs>
0: um, this year, obviously, we had the institution of the kind of Golden Coin Series or whatever, however they were calling it, where we've spoken about this in the past. They had... Oh, that's a really cool shirt why don't i have that shirt
1: uh i don't think he went to bandera that year uh, phil is
0: wearing a very cool bandera yeah. trail run t-shirt sweet, which i've right? never seen before yeah i have the i have the fleece half zip which i really like oh that, that thing was so sweet when yeah, they gave that, those out That thing's unbelievable great. yeah
1: but that that's awesome no, I got this um, this year i, and you didn't I go wasn't there this, year. this no. year son of a
0: bitch all right well like oh,
1: maybe you should go back next year
0: anyway uh i am going back next year
1: Oh, cool! Yeah, I'm I mean, already, it, I'm already on if I was you, I'd put in for a kid's medium, get them to hold one up for you. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, It'd a bit a little baggy on you, but <laughs> the uh,
0: as I was just saying, sorry, we we spent a good bit of time this year talking about the the Golden Ticket, Golden Trail series, not Golden Trail series. Now I'm see, I'm getting it done again. Whatever. The, I've forgotten the... <laughs> what it's called as well. Don't worry. <laughs> the, <laughs> backyard the, in, <laughs> <laughs> the backyard series. It's nine percent. The backyard series, which was offering. Uh, free tickets to winners and, and you know, some high, uh, high performing people into the, you know, the bigs, which has now become the quote unquote world championship of the last man standing format. So we did see uh, some of those people who kind of ran their way in and earned their way in this year, you know, some of the top performers from the past we mentioned we're not there this year because of the world championship. So Johann Steen, who has the, the record from last year, was at Worlds. Harvey Lewis, who is one of the few people who have gone over fifty hours, was also at Worlds. Obviously we talked about him. Courtney obviously as well. Gavin Woody, who was in the three way battle with Courtney and Johan last year, was back um and put up a good performance. Uh Dave Proctor, Canadian, I think twenty four hour record was, holder was, was there. Yeah, and uh, some yeah, some definite favorites. Um Uh, Guillaume Calmetes, who was the winner of this race in 2017, I believe, was there. And, and, you know, even without some of the the names that we mentioned off the top, I think people were, after last year, expecting this to go at least 72 hours. And it became apparent pretty early on that that was not going to be the case. Yeah. Um, A starting field of 72 people, I was expecting at least half of that to get to uh, 24 hours, if not, you know, significantly further. And we certainly did not get that. Um, I think 24 hours we saw um, just about 30 people get that far. Maybe a little bit more. Maybe it was half that got to 30 uh, or to 24 hours to 100 miles. But you know some some early on drops even among some of the bigger names. Uh, very unexpected. Joe Fegis, the uh, U.S. six day record holder, dropping out uh, early on um, yeah. under in under 24 hours. Phil McCarthy, former U.S. 48 hour record holder, was out before the 24 hour mark. Just a, some, some definite surprises. Dave, David Johnston, he had gone for, I think, close to 48 hours last year. He was out very early on. Uh, so there was it was very surprising to see some of the early drops. I don't know if it was because of the six days in the Dome, which we talked about last
1: time. Yeah, I think some, some were tired from that. It, it seemed um, like that was part of the issue. But there were a few surprising drops. But still, I mean, you know, the quality towards the end was still there. You know, it just felt it could have been a bit deeper for a bit longer, I guess.
0: Yeah. Guillaume was out early, less than 100 miles. Yes. Some of the bigger names among this this field were were out kind of earlier than you'd expect. Amelia Boone ran pretty well. Yeah. Was uh, one of the... I think it says she was the fifth female left, mm. um, but still only 112 miles. I mean, right. and she, she's not known for going super that mm. long, but, but, you know, a little earlier than I would have expected. Liz Canty uh, went an extra lap on her, but still I, I kind of expected her to be there in the end, closer to 48 hours, and she was out in about 26 or 28 uh, some good performances, though, Glenn Redpath, cl- close to 30 hours, uh, Sean O'Connor, who won the Mountain Lakes here over years truly, was uh, also about 31 hours or so, had a good uh, top 20 finish there, uh, but it did come down to Will Hayward from uh, New Zealand by way of Hong Kong, mm-hmm. Dave yep. Proctor, who we mentioned before, yep. and, and Maggie Goodrell, who was, I think, one of the pre-race favorites, although I don't know if anyone gave her a real legit chance to win.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, when you get down to kind of the, the, the last four or five, it really just can be there for anyone. You know, I think one of the things with some of these people dropping early is, I think if you if you got to like 24 hours and it's in your head, I'm not going to win. Right. What's the point of going on? You know, these right. people are just like, because this thing doesn't get going until, I don't know, 50 hours, let's say, really. You know, I mean. <laughs> for the win, yeah. Anything else is just kind of, you know, you're just kind of hanging out, trying to run. Right. Uh, and I think if you get to 24 hours, you're not feeling it. I mean, maybe pull why, the plug why, and don't
0: do some damage.
1: Yeah, why put yourself through another twenty hours of of pain just to, right? You know, be top ten if there even is such a thing as top ten at, at this race. You know.
0: Yeah, technically not. If you listen to Laz, everyone's a
1: DNF except yeah. the the last. Person. And I think that's kind of part of the fun of this thing. Is like it makes it very psychologically hard. Right. You know, you know that really your minimum kind of benchmark to get into this race is fifty hours. Right. You know, you want to be in this, you've got to run for 50 hours, right. minimum. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I wonder
1: if that's why. There are some of these good names that dropped early.
0: Um, Maybe just, right, they knew early on they weren't willing to put that yeah, effort out.
1: just psychologically, but just, you know, weren't ready for it.
0: It's definitely possible. I think what, we've, what we continue to see is that this format is not as easy as it sounds. No. Um, you know, and, and people who, I mean, already I've seen people are saying 100 hours next year. Uh, which, you know, sounds reasonable when you look at the start list for next year, or at least the, the preliminary yeah. start list. Super but
1: super deep I, already, right?
0: It, it is crazy deep already, and, and I think everyone we've talked about in the last half hour is, is on that start list already, including Camille, including Courtney, yeah. including Harvey, <laughs> and Guillaume, and Johan. And, and, about 25 world
1: champs, and then... It, the, right, exactly. They're know, just going the straight, straight into this yeah. race.
0: And, yeah, yeah, who knows? Maybe we could see 100 hours. But 100 hours is a yeah. really long time to be awake.
1: <laughs> yes. And you're going to have to really figure out the kind of sleeping strategy. I mean, I'm sure they have. But, you know, I think the five-minute power nap you can get it is just, I don't know if it's going to be enough over that kind of amount of time. Right. I mean, I heard that Will Hayward on the the, the DNF lap or the timeout lap, whatever you like to call it, um, he was found wandering in the forest. Yes. He He apparently just kind of went into, like, you know, zombie mode. Right. Right. No, it's
0: and I read his race report afterwards. It sounds like he basically started hallucinating and wasn't yeah. really sure where he was. He kind of yeah. was in and out of knowing that he was in Tennessee at this race. And so lucky and, they
1: found him, though, because yeah. I think he was the beginning of the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> it was contagious <laughs> if he kept walking. <laughs> but, I mean, um, great effort from him. And, and, you know, like you see a lot of the social media, he didn't really get that big a mention in a lot of things. But, like, what a what a great effort. I mean, oh, yeah. the two of them. Right. Going fifty nine and sixty loops. I mean very, very impressive and, stuff.
0: And you have to love the fact that he timed out and that he didn't yeah. he didn't oh, yeah. you know call he, it or or you know yeah, just he, not He start ran himself lap.
1: basically into uh, you know, a zombie trance. Yeah. You know, that's pretty pretty uh, strong work.
0: Watching the video of Maggie come off the line like the last six, eight, ten laps where right. she's you know, they're all just everyone left was was basically walking or hobbling off the line she is just running flat yeah, out from the she was gun amazing and just like, was oh so my God. she was yeah, amazing so good incredible she really did look like yep. she you know could have gone for for many more hours yeah. it's interesting though I, I was saying afterwards you know there was there was a spot where you know the last few laps it seemed like will was struggling to get in uh kind of under the cutoffs
1: he was getting close right closer and closer
0: and You know, in some ways, if you're Maggie in that position, who I think by reputation was favored when it got down to the two of them, and certainly by, you know, by her splits and everything was the stronger of the two runners, you know, you have to, you have to think that she can sense it, that she can, that she can feel that it's close. But by the same token, when somebody comes in and and there's that anticipation of, are they going to make it? It's going to be close. And then they get in and then they head right back out. Mm. After that happens a couple of times, it does start to play with your head a little bit of, oh, shit, maybe they're really not going to break. Like, it, yeah. you know, when, they, when they're when they showing the weakness, but then just heading right back out anyway, it, that really is yeah. a bit of...
1: Uh, a bit of gamesmanship going on, maybe? a little, little. Probably
0: unintentionally on yeah. Will's part. But, but could
1: but, you p- have a bit of gamesmanship by coming in fairly close to the thing, a couple of minutes, a bit of a meal, kind of looking like you're struggling, and then, like, you know, kind of drop the hammer on a couple of acts and they're like, oh, they've rallied, and I'm, like, in a low now. That's exactly it's right. It's over for me. That's I exactly mean, I wonder right. how much this goes on.
0: Well, a lot of... I, all having done one of these in the past a lot of these sort of things do go through your head and and yeah. like i mean we had there was one guy who this was, is sleep deprivation yes like, this isn't exactly. even normal head you and know. you know people who are just consistently coming in at like 57 58 minutes and and you're just like do they know something you start to doubt yourself like what right. do they know so that i don't know like yeah. you know you know because it, it it seems as if they're as if everything is intentional or at least you're placing this perceived intentionality on it and it may just be obviously that they're they're struggling and not really showing it, but yeah. it, it does. Everything starts to play with your head. It's very, very interesting.
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's very
0: cool. Anyway, one of my favorite
1: weekends of the year for sure oh, to follow. Totally. And, yeah, and I mean, I was just I was in such a low after it was over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and just like like we were saying, so exciting to follow, and you compare that to the World Twenty Four Hour Championships, which was kind of hard work to follow. Brilliant yep. results all round. Yep, when the dust has settled and everything was kind of clear. Yep, but just so so much of a pain to follow. But Big's backyard just. So brilliant to follow, just absolutely glued to refreshing Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you know, like all of these social media outlets, just so good. The coverage afterwards, at least among the mainstream or the more
0: mainstream media about this was, um, you know, showing it, showing us that, you know, women and men are equal and everything else. And I found a lot of that to be very uh, kind of juvenile. And I mean, we've, those of us who follow the sport know that as these races get longer and longer top women are going to compete with top men. Absolutely, and I didn't, yeah. I didn't necessarily think that this was a, um, a, you know, redefining the gender roles in the sport or anything like that. Yeah. I thought this was just an amazing performance from an amazing athlete. Yeah. Um, to, and and to, to try and make it into more than that or some sort of, you know, gender statement, I, I felt cheapened it a little. I didn't really like that aspect of the coverage. But when you're going to bring in outsiders to cover it, I guess that's the risk. Yeah, they're running. just looking
1: for a story, you know, like, yeah. hardcore like me, we just rose above that social media noise
0: <laughs> well i mean bigs next year unfortunately i'm not going to be able to go i have a family thing that i already know about for that weekend well,
1: so a lot of elite runners uh breathing a sigh of relief when they hear this podcast. Oh, I'm sure. they will yeah. be very very happy I'm psychologically sure. they'll be way stronger now. oh
0: yeah no camille is i'm sure was very nervous she would sleep that. a
1: lot better for a, yeah. a year
0: so the big news coming up this coming weekend, other than the World Mountain Running Championships, which we touched on, touched on briefly, is kind of the unofficial end to the trail racing ultra season for the year, which is the North Face Championships out in California. Yep. And since we are not going to be on again before then, let's do a quick preview before yeah. we so sign the, off for the uh, week.
1: a good way to end the, the season, if you like, right? It's a mm-hmm.
0: big one. So this race, obviously does uh over the past several years has has drawn one of the top fields of the year especially at the 50 mile distance with the exception of possibly lake sonoma if that uh it's definitely the premier 50 miler in the country i would say Uh, one of the biggest prize purses i think it's ten thousand dollars to the winner right and um you know this year last year canceled unfortunately because of the wildfires up there and we it, it really was unfortunate because I think we were all looking forward to it as kind of the capper to the year, like we usually are. Yeah. And, and, and it was definitely a bit of a letdown uh, when it did not happen. This year, it looks like everything, even though there are some wildfires, I don't think they're close enough to affect it. No, so I don't yeah, think there's any reason right, to, to suspect that this will not go off as planned. Let's talk, about the, let's talk about the women first, because I actually think the women might be the, the deeper of the two fields this super year.
1: Super deep field for the women, yeah.
0: The pre-race favorite for me is the defending Western State champ, Claire Gallagher.
1: Has to be. Same for me. Uh,
0: yeah. Has not raced since Western States, but was second here in 2017. Yeah. She is one of the most talented, if not the most talented people in ultra running today in terms of just pure speed and, you know, just a mix of speed and endurance.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Excels on runnable courses. Um, has obviously had uh, great success here and in, in the Northern California area. Um, To me,
1: she's the favorite. Yeah, totally. I mean, the win at Western States was absolutely fantastic. This course really suits her. Like you said, has a good history here. Totally the favorite for me. But, I mean, you know, it's ultra running. Anything can happen. And there's a lot of hungry ladies right behind her ready to, to, you know, be snapping at her heels and, and win this race. Yeah.
0: Now the the one woman who I think really could have given her a shot that was on the start list was Ruth Croft from New Zealand who is yeah kind she's of not going to be there now unparalleled right? at the kind of fifty mile one hundred k distance uh, worldwide and that would have been a good battle it looks like she's yeah. either Ill, uh, injured or, or sick and, and is, is unfortunately not going to make it who else do you like on the women's side to, to really make some noise and maybe challenge Claire
1: yeah I mean I think Devin Yanko is going to be up there I mean you know according record- to I run far she's out though. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that was just
0: updated a couple of days ago. Oh,
1: wow. That's a shame. Yeah, because that, that
0: would have been... Right. She would have been my pick, especially coming off of if she was recovered from... Her performance that you that you referenced earlier at Tussie. yeah, uh, coming off oh, of okay. that, right. and and with mm-hmm. a ton of success at the 50 mile and 100k distance, obviously a marathoner of of uh, great reputation, yeah, um, she would have been a a definite okay. pick, and 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 also somebody local to the Bay Area who yeah. knows those trails very well. So
1: I mean, another pick for me be Amanda Basham. I mean, she's had a good season, CCC. She's she's thrown down some good results, super strong. I think she could do well there. Also out though, really.
0: According to, I run far anyway. Wow! So okay. she's running uh, Cape Town instead.
1: So I was just saying how strong and deep the field. It was. well, uh, unfortunately, basically yeah. everyone's out now. Right. right, Ruth <laughs> is out. <laughs> right.
0: No, no Ruth Croft, no okay. Devin Yanko, no one. One more try. <laughs> Anna <Anime> May
1: Flynn. <laughs> Anna May Flynn is
0: in, and All right. uh, good. to me, yes, she she's the next in line. Yeah. I think
1: she's she's gonna you know probably have a very good run out there, especially as the field is thinning out by the minute. <laughs> uh, I mean, Brittany Peterson.
0: Brittany, the runner-up at Western States this year. and yeah. Did she win uh,
1: Bandera? Bandera, yeah. she did, yeah. So I think she, she could well be up there. Taylor Nolan.
0: I love Taylor Nolan. Yeah. And she has put up some really good results uh, yeah. in the last couple months at some, some shorter stuff, uh, 50K and below type racing, on, on a little bit more technical trail stuff. And this is really a runnable, fast race, despite the amount of climbing. So I'm not sure. But she, she, she certainly has the wheels. and. Um, you know she's been in she's been on the podium at Sonoma before, which I think has a very similar profile to this. Yeah, um, she could definitely be a force to be reckoned with. I like Addie Bracy.
1: Yeah, she could she could have a great run. I mean, Ew Wang as well. I mean, she's local to that area. I think she could. Yep. she could have a great a great run out there, and she's had some decent results this year. Being a little bit quiet, maybe resting. You know, like. Maybe she could have a, have a good day out.
0: Yes, yeah, so we talked about you earlier in the year after she was second at Sonoma, ran her way into States, and, and she's had a ton of success at Sonoma in the past. I don't know that she's really raced uh, North Face, at least in the, in recent years. And we, we spoke about her a little bit after she DNF'd at States as, as a race that she really hadn't figured out yet. And and really yeah. since then, th- this I think this year has kind of followed kind of the EO pattern, which is, you know, some really fast early season results kind of a little bit of a flame out in the middle of the year and then she's kind of quiet and uh, you know it remains to be seen whether she has kind of a late season surge in her that's not something that she's been able to to kind of show in the past but like I said she hasn't really raced north face to my to my knowledge she's certainly again as somebody with a lot of success at Sonoma in the past on similar types of trails and some of the same trails um, you know somebody certainly to watch any dark horses you like
1: Um, I mean, I think that, you know, I've kind of looked at the, the list and kind of picked the sort of like, I think Abby Levine, Abby Levine is a really good, Albert's and Junkins, I Mm -hmm. think could be good as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think a lot of these runners have had some good wins throughout the year, some fast races, a lot of it's going to be, you know, how it's going to go on the day for them. I mean, Claire is obviously my, my number one, number one pick, but there's a lot of other runners there that have had a good year, had some good races. Um, you know, either wins or, or highly uh, high placings. You know, podium finishes. Yep, uh, it's just going to come down to the day. I think
0: I'm going to say for my podium, I'm going to go out on a limb, not really, and say Claire number one. I'll say Anime Flynn two, and I will say Addie Bracey in the third spot.
1: Well, I don't know whether I'm going to be able to agree with you, but I think <laughs> I think Claire. Um, who did you say was second? And uh, Anime. Okay, I'm gonna go with Brittany Peterson. Nice, and Eo Wang. Okay, gonna be my my top three on that one. Very good. The men's side,
0: uh, also, you know, deep. Maybe not quite as deep as it's yeah, been in the past, not but as
1: deep. I think. I mean, well, some, I think the women's field was obviously a, a lot deeper. You know, you mentioned a few drops there, which is kind of a shame. Yeah. Uh, the men's field solid, but but not quite as deep as the women's.
0: Right. Some some good names certainly. Top of the list has got to be Jared Hazen.
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean. Race at Leadville, I think, was his last race, right? DNF there, yep. about 45 miles in. Um, he, I guess he's the favorite, although I do like Matt Daniels as well. Yep. I think Matt Daniels has that speed. Yep. Um, I think, I don't know, I think it's going to be a really solid race between those two. I, I'd like to see Matt up there. I have to say,
0: if if Jared had not won Lake Sonoma earlier this year, I might not be so convinced that he was going to be on the podium. But right. He showed me something with that win. And then obviously backing that up with just an unbelievable run at Western States, uh, number two all time. Uh, in yeah, I mean, sub that was, that was pretty, pretty stellar, right? That was unbelievable. Um, but yes, uh, Matt Daniels, uh, the fourth place finish at Western States in his first yeah. hundred, uh, the winner of Black Canyon in course record time earlier this year. And, you know, famously, he of the sub four mile, yep. sub four minute mile is on a... a a runnable, fast ish course is, yeah. is gonna be hard to bet against. If
1: he gets his ham game right, it could be a deciding factor, right?
0: <laughs> just gotta make sure it's the right ham, right? Damn right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh who else you got that you're looking forward to, um, to following?
1: Sebastian Speller. Yeah. I think could be up there. He was second at Sonoma, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. He, he has some pretty good speed. I mean, hopefully he's over here. At you know, been over here for a while, getting used to the time change, big time change to, to Europe. for Yes. Him. So hopefully he's been here for a couple of weeks, getting out on the trails. Um, I like Drew Holman as well, younger guy, uh, one at Cayuga. Yep. Um, hopefully he has a good run. I mean, he has some some good speed. Yeah. So, so yeah. that could be pretty exciting. And I think Debo going to be there. Debo is going to be there. I I
0: really have no feel for where he's at right now. It's been
1: hard to say, right? He's good. He's healthy. He's back, but he has, doesn't have a deep base of training. That's exactly due right. To injury, so it, who knows. that's
0: exactly right. It seems like I mean I think he'd be the first to admit this was kind of a lost year for him, at least on the yeah. on the international stage. And and right, I think that the best thing that we can say about him is it seems like he's healthy. Yeah, um, and, and it seems like he's finally got some uh, consistency over the past month or two. Yeah. But hey, I nice really don't to know where kind he is. Of
1: get a good result, put a full stop on the year and then focus on next year and, you know, start the season healthy and good and, right. and really, you know, kind of go from there.
0: Obviously, someone who lived in uh, Marin County for many years knows he those knows trails very well. He's been well, on the podium yeah. there before. So I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see him do well there. I think I would be a little surprised to see him in the top three uh, standing on the podium. But I think, I think it could uh, be top five, I could definitely I see him in that five to 5th 5th ten range. 94th, that, that would not know? shock me by any right. stretch. Um, uh, you know, a, a lot of kind of, uh, younger guys with some, some speed, but maybe not the credentials that we're aware of, uh, some guys that have been kind of on the periphery of the absolute top of the sport. Uh, Drew Holman is one that you mentioned, yeah. uh, Ryan Kaiser coming off of a win at I am yeah. tough earlier this fall, Brian Condon from California, who's had uh, a lot of success at some of these shorter races as well. Senseman is on the start list.
1: Yeah, he could have a good day. Hard, hard to really know. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure where his training's been at. I've yeah. seen a lot about him recently.
0: I, I'm finished betting on him. I, I mean, right. you know, for for me, if he has a good day, it's a bonus and good for him. Right. And, uh, you know, it's certainly, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about the, the Cowboys know. and everything else when that happens. But, you know, he's just as likely to blow up as he is to to right. run well. And, you know, yep. unbelievable talent, just like many of these other names. But, yeah. you know, it's it's not anyone you'd ever want to kind of put actual money on or anything right. like that. Any other Dark Horses? I know you had mentioned uh, Drew really. Holman, I think, is, is one to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some a Euro, some Europeans coming over, Thierry Bo Garivier. Yeah, I don't really know well, anything about him. I think he's uh, won some of the um, European races, the... Um, Tem- Templiers, is it what called? Les Templiers. Templier? Yeah, I think he's won there. Okay, so. I know he's
0: on the podium at CCC. That's kind of right, about okay. it. Okay.
1: So I think he has a you know a decent bit of speed. So interesting yeah. to see him. I mean, those see are more you know those
0: are technical races. Yeah. So it, I, I have no idea what his yeah you know affinity is for for a kind of a more of a track meet type uh, atmosphere that that he'll see this weekend, especially with that kind of top end speed among the front runners. But yeah, I mean, you never know. Podium picks. You want to give me a top three?
1: Um, I'm going Matt Daniels, Jared, and Sebastian, Sebastian Speller.
0: I'm going to go with Matt and Jared, one and two as well. I like right. that. I'm going to actually, a name that we didn't mention, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick uh, Anthony Costales for third, uh, right. course record holder at Moab Red Hot and um, the winner of uh, Way Too Cool earlier this year. Right. A lot of speed there. Definitely a runnable yeah. kind of guy. He has not been uh, active really since the spring, but um, I, I think if he's healthy... He, he's got as good all a shot right. as anyone. So. You
1: love going out on a limb. I love it. I do. Sounds good.
0: <laughs> Big news today in the uh, ultra-running world, actually, for you, is that the wait list started to move for uh, for a race that you are signed up for. Oh,
1: yeah, for Vol State. Yeah, made it off the wait list into the race. So I think uh, commiserations are in order. Uh, we can drink to that um, for yeah. 314
0: so, miles next spring. Pretty, pretty Congratulations. interesting, yeah. Squashed be armadillo all the way. Now, you are uh screwed as they say or uncrewed for that race totally
1: yeah gonna be sleeping in laundromats on floors in lounges in people's gardens that's good it saves me a trip to Tennessee should be interesting (laughs) (laughs) yeah but to think with the medical work you'll be doing (laughs) on me when I get back (laughs)
0: here's the only issue is oh and I did want to do one more thing before we signed off um I am going to live on the air Register for the Western States lottery. So here we go. All right. I am currently right now signing the waiver and uh oh fuck. Never mind. This is gonna take me a while. I'm registering for the Western States lottery right now. I know you already did that. What uh what are you gonna do if you get in?
1: Um I'm gonna do states probably. Yeah. I'm gonna have to, right? Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. So I guess I mean you can just then could, would, would you I mean, be able if to? If I'm not going to get in, come on. It's impossible. No, I know you're not going to get in, but. <laughs> <laughs> there are 10,000
1: applicants now. I have eight tickets. I mean, <laughs> got more chance of winning the mega millions. Are you, w- would you roll
0: over your, would you be able to roll over your VAL state till 2020? 2021? I, I guess. So. No. I don't think so. Oh, that's a bummer. Uh, all right. Well, then here's to throwing some money down the drain. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. We are going to be back probably, well, I guess, actually, I was going to say we'll be back for the lottery, but the lottery is going to be, I think we're going to be in Texas for Brazos.
1: We are. Yeah.
0: So So. we'll be back in mid-December after we thrash ourselves into dust in Texas, and we'll recap the North Face 50. We'll recap probably, obviously, Brazos, but also most likely... Uh, the big 24 hours out at Desert Solstice and yep. everything else and we'll talk a little bit about Ultra Runner of the Year and Performance of the Year at that point so stay tuned for that. Sounds good. Thank you guys so much and until next time in the pain cave keep putting one foot in front of the other Broken down and beaten up The years have been long enough But I'm not dead I'm happy now just to spend Some time with friends and have a loop Above my head not faded, just been faded, like a good old pair of jeans. Rusted like a proud old car that's drove a little too far and seemed too much rain. But long ago, as a child, I look about the light sky in Wild Wonder Man. And ride the bus and feel upset.
1: still young And I was still